0: Hi there, thank you for listening to Valpals. This is a little disclaimer I've gone back to add to the first four episodes to warn you that the audio quality is not the greatest, simply because phone calls from Albuquerque, New Mexico to Tulsa, Oklahoma apparently do not have the best audio quality. Who'd have known? However, Starting with episode 5, we updated our recording system and the audio quality is so much better. So please stick it out through the first four episodes. I think they're pretty funny and you'll enjoy them and then you'll be rewarded with much better audio quality by episode 5. Thank you so much. Welcome to the first episode of Val Pals, the uh, Val Kilmer podcast that nobody asked for, but we're delivering because it's going to be the best. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Robert Flippo, coming out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. My other host here is Tyler Welter. How's it going, Tyler?
1: Going pretty good. Better now that I've watched a Val Kilmer movie.
0: That is what I always say. Uh, feeling down, pop in some Val. That's really, uh, that's really all we need in life. So you are out in Oklahoma, correct?
1: Yes. Tulfa, jewel of the Oklahoma.
0: (laughs) That's the magic of Val Kilmer. It brings best friends together across state lines. I think, uh, it's pretty inspiring, the work that Val does for us.
1: Oh, without a doubt. So,
0: <laughs> so here's the thing. Val Pals, uh, that perfectly describes me and my best friend Tyler here. We're uh, best friends, love the Val Kilmer. And uh, so what we're doing here with the podcast is we're going to watch every single Val Kilmer movie in chronological order. So today we're starting with Top Secret. And then uh, to spice things up a bit, we're going to look for some life advice, some kind of self-help advice from these Dal Kilmer works, because uh, Dal Kilmer's probably the best role model that anyone can have, right? I mean... Uh, without
1: much of a doubt.
0: <laughs> maybe a little bit of a doubt. Okay, uh, <laughs> much. There's like half of his career that I haven't seen. But the side of me that's seen Batman Forever and the Saints believes that he's the perfect role model.
1: Uh, not to mention heat. Oh wait, no, he was kind of terrible. <laughs> I think he like beat his wife. Scratch heat.
0: Scratch heat. Uh, we'll focus on his uh performance of Batman Forever and the Saints <laughs> on why we love him so much. Uh, I re- I did realize that as we were starting this podcast, I was like, yeah, I'm a huge Val Kilmer fan, and then I looked at all the movies that are on IMDb. And it's really just Batman Forever and The Saint, and then I guess Top Gun as well. That is like I was like, oh, I like three movies, and I've described myself as a huge Val Kilmer fan for years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's all you need for most I people. Mean, we, how many movies do they even see? That's true. I guess people listening to this podcast, it should be a ton. I it should be a, a lot. Ton,
0: but. Um, but that's what we're here to do. We're gonna rectify some of those uh hidden gems that we haven't seen. Um, and uh and yeah, I think for us seeking self help from Val Kilmer is uh indicative of where we are as uh adults. And the fact that uh we're both we're both adults, mid twenties. I'm twenty four. Uh Tyler here's twenty five, right? Are you already twenty five? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we're adults. <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we're adults. And, uh, I mean, we both graduated from college. And I work at Starbucks and do stand-up comedy. And uh, that's pretty much what I do with my life, which is not maybe the most successful thing that I could be doing. Uh, uh, Tyler, what's your story?
1: Typical millennials not doing anything with third degrees, trying to figure out what's going on in the world. Probably true of, like, most post-grad people, but especially millennials.
0: Yeah, I think we're kind of the poster children. Like, I know a lot of people our age, there are all these uh, articles posted about millennials that, like, the New York Times writes and stuff, and they read them and they're like, ugh! That's terrible. How could they say these things about our generation? That's not me at all. And then I read that, and I'm like, oh, that's definitely me. They kind of nailed it. I am really reasons. self-centered and an underachiever. Uh, so I think we're handling that in the most millennial of ways and starting a podcast about it. Uh, and a
1: pop culture podcast. No, wow. <laughs> a
0: pop culture podcast, because there's not enough of those uh, <laughs> by <laughs> any means. We're really filling a void here with our pop culture podcast. So yeah, we're, uh, trying to be better people and Val Kilmer's the catalyst for that. I know for me, I'm hoping that by the end of this, God, if we're watching one of these a week, it's going to be at least a year, I think, by the time we finish with this, which is horrifying. Uh, but by the end of this year, I'd like to be, I'd like to say I'm a better person. So I'm hoping to be a little more responsible maybe with my money and uh just life in general, maybe actually keeping my apartment kind of cleaner and not just being a slob all the time. And uh actually doing something with my life. It's like I describe myself as a writer, so maybe actually doing some writing and trying to publish things or doing more stand-up comedy and that kind of stuff cuz I get lazy. So hopefully this will uh be a catalyst for that. What are you hoping to get out of this, Tyler?
1: I'm hoping to uh jumpstart back in to school, go go get some postgrading done, uh try to finish sorting out some of my anxieties and fears and hit the ground running and uh try to become my dream job of Doing some science for the posterity of all mankind. <laughs> Not at all. See? Modest.
0: <laughs> but I mean, That's has Val Kilmer taught us? Has Val Kilmer taught us to be modest? Though no. I don't think so. He sells paintings of himself for like two hundred dollars. <laughs> so I don't think modesty is a value we need to learn from this. No. Um, but I will say that the goal of getting into grad school, great goal, um and I'm pissed that you started on that goal be- a week before we started the podcast. You took the GRE last week, and yeah. you couldn't have waited until we started the podcast so we could be like, yeah, see, we started the podcast, and then he was motivated to take the GRE. No, he was already motivated before the podcast.
1: See, it's still the podcast's fault, though, because it's we've been planning it for, uh in earnest, about a month and a half.
0: That's true, yeah. So it's it's kind of been a Kickstarter. On, yeah, uh, working on all kinds of projects. projects. Yeah. I, I guess, to be fair, I started the groundwork on getting a show that I'm hosting, a stand-up show that I'm going to be hosting here in Albuquerque in April. So I kind of cheated and started before the podcast. I should have waited too. So, well, lesson learned there. Uh, but maybe that's good advertising for the podcast. We didn't even start it, and it's already making us better people.
1: Uh, so. We can also just go back, delete this, and lie about it in future episodes.
0: There we go. That's what we need to do. Or just advise people to start with podcasts too. Okay. That yeah, that's an essential aspect. We we're gonna we're gonna give some self help advice at the end, and uh, one of those will just be start a podcast, and uh, it'll motivate you to do other stuff too. There we go. Problem solved. So yeah, that's uh, that's the podcast in a nutshell. Uh, kind of stupid, but we're happy about it. <laughs> Giddy, even. Giddy, even. There will probably be lots of giggling on this podcast. We already have been. Uh, so if you're into that sort of thing, maybe you really like Ron Funches, then this is definitely a podcast for you. Today, though, let's get into talking about the movie. We watched Top Secret, the very first feature film of our man, Val Kilmer. Uh, oh, my I goodness. You,
1: what a it, movie.
0: It was so great. I don't know how I've never seen it before. i never even heard of
1: it. I, I assumed Real Genius was the first Val Kilmer movie.
0: Yeah. I legitimately did when we were starting about this, like, talking about this podcast. I was like, yep, gonna go get real genius so we can watch that, because that's definitely the first Val Kilmer movie. Nothing before that. (laughs) Everyone knows that. And then there's just this crazy movie that was his first movie, and it's amazing. It's one of the best movies I've seen ever, probably. I loved every minute of it. I laughed out loud more times than I can remember laughing out loud at a movie. It's just. It was way too good.
1: I, I can like see the direct line between it and UHF as I Weird know. Al's favorite movie.
0: That was yeah, that was the other thing we learned, is that this is Weird Al has described this as his favorite movie, and it is very obvious why. Uh, lots of visual gags, and it basically opens with a like three minute parody song. Uh with more so, to go. <laughs> So that's uh that's definitely why it's Weird Al's favorite movie. Um, remember on his episode of You Made It Weird, at the end Pete Holmes does the, like, What's the Hardest You've Laughed? And he said Top Secret. And uh, now I'm very okay with that answer. That's that's a good answer.
1: So uh, Top are, Secret, for those of you who don't know, is a Zucker Brothers joint. And, and even more reason I should have heard of this film. It's the follow-up to Airplane,
0: and some, and it's. I think it's probably better than Airplane. Uh,
1: I think it definitely holds up better than Airplane.
0: Yeah, maybe at the time, Airplane, and maybe it's just the fact that I've seen Airplane so much and everyone quotes it all the time that it just like doesn't have that magic to it uh, yeah. that Top Secret did for me because it was all so fresh and I just like I couldn't believe everything that was happening. I was like, "How did they do this in 1984?" This seems just, like, way too much. But it was awesome. I want to dig into definitely... that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Silence. Perfect podcast. You editing.
1: I'm going to keep going. Uh, Alright. What were you saying?
0: I don't even remember what I was going to say.
1: Okay, I remember what I was going to say. So, it's, uh... That opening song is... One of the, it skyrocketed to the top of my favorite parody songs of all time.
0: It's so amazingly good. I like at first he like says the line and you don't even realize what's happening, and then there are the visuals to go with it, <laughs> and it's just too much. Uh what what is the song called? It's called
1: Skeet Surfing.
0: Skeet Surfing <laughs> And it's Skeet a parody of It's a parody of the Beach Boys, and it's just a song about skeet shooting while surfing, and then it's just all these shots of people with shotguns surfing and shooting, and at one point point they, like, yeah, they're shooting Clay Pigeon, and at one point they, like, fall and shoot a plane out of the sky, (laughs) and it's just, it's so awesome, and it sounds like a song that the NRA would love completely unironically. (laughs) It's, it's awesome. I love every minute of it.
1: I mean, it does sound dangerous, but it does sound incredibly fun. It
0: does sound really fun. Like, if there was, if you were on, a, like, a, your own personal beach, because I feel like if you're going to be going, like, skeet surfing, you've probably got enough money that you have a private beach. So you'd be, like, on your private beach, skeet surfing, and that would be amazing. I've never wanted to skeet shoot in my life, but I would <laughs> skeet surf. Definitely. I think you could,
1: like, bring the nation together, because, uh, like, Surfing is a liberal pastime. Skeet shooting is a conservative pastime. We can bring our, our people
0: together. Oh, my goodness. The first candidate that skeet surfs will be president immediately. <laughs> like that.
1: <laughs> oh, that reminds me of my so, other uh... favorite parts of this movie were all the jabs at presidents.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Despite
1: being super old, still very hilarious.
0: Her uncle Jimmy Carter's being the balloon Jimmy
1: Carter administration could take hold.
0: Oh, it was good. (laughs) I was I wasn't really sure what time period this movie was supposed to take place in, and I don't think it even like settles on one. But they just kind of still make fun of Reagan and Jimmy Carter anyway, (laughs) which is pretty awesome. Yeah, think about that because it's, you
1: know, ostensibly the time it's filmed, but the uh, all these Germans are wearing SS gear the whole time. I know.
0: So. <laughs> I was really confused. I was like, okay, the movie started, I was like, okay, so this takes place in World War II, and then... after yeah, like, the
1: train, that doesn't help.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God, that first gag, the opening <laughs> gag I loved.
1: Yeah. I thought it was just going to be... I had to stop it, it at that, that point a- and be like, What is this movie? Oh, it's a Zucker movie. (laughs) Now I'm ready. Uh,
0: (laughs) You didn't know it was a Zucker Brothers movie before going in?
1: I I wanted to be as blind as possible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, what is this madness? I should have known from the exclamation point that it was a comedy.
0: Yeah. I guess to be fair, I went and bought the DVD and it says on there that it's A Zucker Brothers movie from the makers of Airplane, which, by the way, I went and bought the first two movies we're going to watch for this podcast today, so I bought Top Secret and Real Genius, and both of them have Val Kilmer very prominently displayed, and that's just, like, all I went and bought at Hastings today, and I was really worried they were going to ask why I was so into early Val Kilmer, uh that would have been a perfect time to plug the podcast. I know, because like, well, I'm starting this podcast, you see, and so I've got to watch all these Val Kilmer movies. But maybe it just, like, is a pretty normal thing of, like, well, yeah, of course you come. If you buy one Val Kilmer movie, you have to buy a second one with it. Like,
1: They actually run specials that way.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so the opening gag is, like, a classic spy movie scenario of a fight on a train And there's like this guy in the SS, in the SSS, in the SS uniform stands up and it looks like he's gonna get like run into this bridge. And instead of being killed, he just breaks through the bridge. And it's amazing. Like I was not expecting it to happen. It was, it was brilliant. And I was just like from there, I, I, I started writing down from that point on. I was writing all, all the gags that I loved in this movie. And before we started recording, I told Tyler that I had to stop writing like halfway through the movie because it was getting exhausting writing all of my favorite gags. There were just, there were too many. There's like, after that opening train gag, there's like a meeting of the SS officers and like one person's talking and an aide comes up and hands a paper like a, to the guy and it says on the paper it's like, uh, you know, we didn't get the agent, he escaped. And then he gives a stamp that says, find him and kill him on the stamp to the paper. So it's like all done quietly. And I just, I love that he has a stamp that says, find him and kill him. Because he, he uses it so often that he needs a stamp for it. That's <laughs> just like, that's so perfect.
1: I like to think that, like, directors of all spy agencies do have one of those.
0: Yeah, it's got to be a very common stamp. For the Did GIAs. Snowden reveal that? I feel
1: like Snowden revealed that.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah, so they're taking all of our information and they have these really disturbing stamps. Uh, you might want to look into those. <laughs> yeah, they're just, the whole movie is like crazy gags every second. And like, you always think they're done and then they do another like variation of it. Like when the train pulls up to the station and then it looks like it's taking off but then you realize it's the actual station is like on a, the back on a of a truck, truck and that's what and that's what's moving away and you're like oh my god that's hilarious and then like 2 and a seconds guy later you runs to catch up with
1: the a, truck instead of the train
0: <laughs> yeah and then there's like a second later there's another guy running and you think oh this guy's running after the train but he's actually just running after a tree that's moving really fast <laughs> and I was like what is happening here <laughs>
1: I, I I miss the style. I, I don't know why they don't make movies like this anymore. The, I know, like, gag-a-second parody of genre films. Did we just... Did we stop going to them?
0: I think so. I think it got taken over by the, like, the scary movie stuff. And, the, like... Oh, uh, yeah. Because scary movie happened, and then it turned into, like, epic movie. And all of... The, and Meet the Spartans and all of those stuff were, like... They didn't, Because this is really clever in the way that it's obviously spoofing movies, but it's spoofing, like, genre tropes and, uh, and like, style and stuff like that, rather than it's literally, yeah. the movies now, where it's literally they're in the same costumes as what they're spoofing, and there's, like, not, I don't think there's much of a narrative at all in those kind of movies, uh, and this is, like, it's a self-contained narrative, but you can tell everything that they're spoofing in it, and it's just amazing. I was thinking the exact same thing the entire time. Like, why? Why are comedies not like this anymore? There was I had <laughs> there was a little bit of the humor I was confused about, and just kind of like, oh, that's definitely a product of it t- of its time. In that, in a couple different parts of the movie, the punchline was just boobs. The fact that there were boobs. Like, it starts off in the the skeet surfing song. There's yeah. Like a girl on the beach, and she like lifts up, and her boobs are so big that they've made an indention in the sand, and I guess like that's supposed to be a funny sight gag, and then at one point uh, there's
1: who uh, and is <laughs> product of its time. Well, <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: So uh, that joke landed with half of our podcasting team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Agree
1: to disagree.
0: And, like, the other one was when, like, the original British spy guy has been, like, in a a car compactor thing, which that was a pretty funny gag as well, where, like, his car goes into the, like, compactor thing to make it a, you know, a cube of junk, and you're like, oh, I guess he's dead, but then he comes, he, like, walks into the hotel room, and he's just, like, encased in a cube of scrap metal, but he's still alive, uh, but then at one point, he's, like, on the ground, and the girl's helping him, and she, like, leans over, and his boobs are just, like, in his face, and he, like, makes a look at them, like, oh, boobs! And then, like, the scene ends, like, that was the killer punchline. And then the antenna scene. goes up. Are you, oh, oh my god, I didn't even, I forgot about that. It's just That like, one did a oh. plan
1: as well, I'll agree with that, but uh, boobs plus sand, classic, no matter what time you're in. <laughs> and uh, speaking of boobs, this is a PG-rated m- movie with full frontal—not n- full frontal—topless women in it.
0: Yeah, there's like way on too much calendar.
1: stuff
0: in here that should not be PG. I don't know what the times were like where this was PG, but there's yeah, calendar with just like a topless chick on it, and then. There's a gag where Val Kilmer's in prison and, like, his agent comes to him and makes a joke. Like, the joke leading up to it's really funny about how he's like, oh, man, I've gone to the the console, I've gone here, I've gone there, and I still can't make my wife orgasm, and that's funny. But then Val Kilmer's like, oh, here, try this, and he hands him a box that says anal intruder on it, and then... The guy opens it, and it's just, like, full of these sex toys, and it's this, like, huge automated thing, and he puts, like, a fist on it, and it's like, this is obviously a toy for anal fisting.
1: Yeah, it's like and a like... hammer with different
0: attachments. Yeah, <laughs> and they do not sugarcoat that at all for this PG movie. Like, this is the this same rating as what...
1: That PG-13 became a thing? 1984? But so this still feels like oh, it should just
0: maybe. be flat-out
1: R. Anyway.
0: Yeah. There was too much stuff. Uh That was the point where I wrote down on my notepad, I wrote anal intruder PG rating with a question mark. That was my big note for that. And then there's also a scene at the end with uh, the great cow gag that happens where the guys are, like, sneaking into the prison dressed as cows. But, a, like a baby cow comes up to the guys that are posing as cows and starts sucking on the udders, and it's obvious that it's not just sucking on an udder. And there's just a guy getting a blowjob from a little cow in this PG movie. So I feel like that's uh, maybe not. so many levels. Yeah. It's like, because it's not even adult cow, so it's like cow pedophilia as well as bestiality and stuff. So that's just a little bit too much going on there. Uh, but other than that, the cow gag is great. They have to like, they put on a cow suit to sneak in with this herd of cows into the prison. And there's some amazing acting by whatever cow they got to pretend to be them. Uh, I was impressed by the cow acting. At least. Yeah. I don't know about you.
1: <laughs> cow, cow is a solid contributor.
0: And then, uh I want to talk about Val Kilmer's performance in this movie and how it's amazing. Yeah. He
1: just game like, and does it all.
0: Cause like as we mentioned there's the, the Beach Boys parody song and Val Kilmer does all the actual singing for the songs. Like he performs it and then he does all this amazing dancing and then he's got superb comedic timing throughout the movie. It's ridiculous.
1: I was impressed with the I'm just, choreography from everyone, too. Not just that. Uh, yeah. All the dancing things were well done. More than I expected like, expect out of comedy. There's,
0: yeah, there's the scene in the, the pizza parlor place. And it just turns into, like, this little musical scene. And there's better choreography than I think I've seen in actual musicals. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of other gags that were just, like, really, oh. really great to me.
1: The entire shootout scene.
0: Oh, yeah. When Dpping he throws tic on The Tic-Tac-Toe is it. the best
1: part. I think that's actually my number one favorite part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like playing Tic-Tac-Toe, winning, and just being very smug after winning.
0: Uh, So what we're talking about is like in the movie, they make fun of the uh, the penchant for like an action movie where they have to poke a hole through a glass window with a the gun, they break the window, and then shoot out the window, and they do a bunch of different forms of, like, messing with that trope, Yeah. but then it culminates in Val Kilmer, like, he busts out one window, and it makes uh, like, a perfectly round hole, and then he gets shot at, and it makes an X into the window next to it, and then he pokes another hole, and he's playing, they're playing tic-tac-toe, The <laughs> like, breaking window, window glass. And eventually, and like, he wins, and so he just, like, they stop shooting at each other, cause they finish their game of tic-tac-toe, and it just, like, cuts to something else. It's amazing. Oh, one of my favorite things about this is that it's Val Kilmer's first movie, and in the prison, he meets up with one of his future co-stars of Batman Forever, and that he meets up with Alfred, who plays the, uh, who plays the scientist guy that's making the uh, the big super secret weapon? That not even that. One. Yeah, it's definitely Alfred. So that was that was pretty awesome. I was pleased Good with that. Cool. Got to see that. And then one of my favorite gags was the uh, was him like trying to escape from the cell, and that he like climbs through one vent and then just immediately falls out of the other vent, and then is like. He keeps, like, climbing out of parts of the cell, but it, like, puts him back into the cell immediately. I thought that was pretty great.
1: Scooby-Doo right. style going through yeah. different portals. His,
0: his head, like, pops out of the toilet at one point.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm trying to think of... There's was, there was just too many gags to talk about. The movie's yeah. amazing. If you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it. Sorry that we've already talked about some of the best gags. Uh, but there are so many more gags that you'll love anyway if you haven't seen this movie. So, don't, don't feel too bad. There's amazing stuff. And stay for the credits. Cause there are some amazing things in the credits. One of which, I, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you the best one. Cause it's my favorite thing. <laughs> uh, in the credits they have listed, like, on the left side is the, the job and the right side is the person who performed it. And in the middle of all these real credits, there's just one job that's listed as hey diddle diddle. And the person that performed it is listed as the cat and the fiddle. And they just like put in a little nursery rhyme in the middle of their credits for no reason. And that's, that's the kind of thing you get from the Zucker Brothers and I love it. It's amazing.
1: I, I even with gag spoiled, there's like so many gags in it, I didn't even notice them all, I'm sure. So I'm planning on watching this again sometime and uh, getting even more out of it.
0: Yeah, definitely there, because I was talking about there are, uh, there are a lot of background gags, and I, there are like three that I can think of vividly of background gags that I really liked, but there has to be more that I wasn't even paying attention close enough to notice. Uh, there's one that I almost missed of when Val Kilmer goes to this, uh, dinner, and they like, they take him off because he needs to get a suit, a suit coat and tie. And they're like, yeah, come in this room and we'll get one for you. And then like the focus shifts to the German officers that walk in. But if you look in the background, you see Val Kilmer's like in this other room, they've got him stripped down to his boxers and they're like measuring him. And there's a guy sewing a brand new suit for him, like in the background. And it's just, like it's not the focus at all of the shot. And it's just kind of there. So it's easy to miss, but that's the kind of stuff that's just like hidden in this movie. They had so many gags that they couldn't even fit them all. And so they just had to like throw some in the background. It's awesome, but I think we're uh, we're actually getting close to thirty minutes. We're about to hit thirty minutes, and that was uh that's where we're gonna try and shoot for on the podcast is roughly roughly thirty minutes. So, I think. Do you have any closing closing statements for top secrets? Uh,
1: nothing but the uh, our takeaway.
0: All right. Yeah. I think so now we're going to move into the last segment of the podcast is going to be where we give our self-help advice. I think this is the most important segment of the podcast. So this is stuff that you get to take home with you and, uh, help make you a better person. So we're going to give, we each, uh, focus on some things in the movie that we thought would help us personally. And so we're going to, we're going to talk about these and they're going to be things we're going to work on throughout the week. And then next time when we come back and record, we'll get to talk about how the last week went trying to put into action the self-help advice that we've learned from Val Kilmer. So uh, I'll let you, Tyler, start off with what was your takeaway from the movie?
1: All right. My uh, takeaway was when he spied on the female star getting threatened with a gun, burst into action and fought him and threw him off the balcony. So my takeaway from that is to remember to always help those in need whenever possible
0: that's a good bit of advice i think as the poster children for millennials we uh were pretty selfish and probably you know too busy looking at our phones to notice when someone's getting a gun pulled on them so uh that's that's some good advice to keep in mind as far as looking being aware of the world around you and when other people need help my bit of advice was based on the fact that Val Kilmer, the man himself, does all of the acting, like we said, his great comedic timing. He does all the singing, which is amazing. And he has, like, spectacular dance moves that were so killer. He does everything. A true Renaissance man. And, uh, so my advice is to try something new every day. I think, uh, one of the things plaguing me is complacency in how I live my life, and I'm pretty comfortable with what I do, and that leads me to not be, not to be writing, you know, not to be writing new jokes or working on my novel and stuff like that. So, uh to help me, to help remind myself to not be complacent, my thing is try something new every day and kind of get that spark going and keep, uh you know, keep trying to be a better person.
1: Being productive, getting out there.
0: Yeah, I think productivity is the thing that both of us are trying to get away from this podcast, is that we're... Got to be more productive people. So trying something new that whenever we're doing, I don't know what new things I'm going to have to try now, but uh, I think that'll be I think, a good uh, reminder.
1: Dancing would be a good one. I haven't seen you pull any dance moves like these. That's true.
0: My dance moves are pretty horrid. So if I can have like a fraction of the dance talent that Val Kilmer portrays in this movie, I'll be doing pretty good for myself. So that's maybe that's it. I'll try doing some dance moves. We'll see what happens there. (laughs) Probably gonna go poorly. We can only hope. And then, uh, I guess the other, the other advice I have is definitely try skeet surfing. I think, I think if that's possible, we need to try that. Yeah.
1: Uh, Get the family, go to your nearest beach, and skeet skurf.
0: Skeet (laughs) skurf! Skeet (laughs) skurf! You know, I'm, I'm pretty pleased that we made it. Thirty minutes in, before we just completely fell apart and couldn't speak. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, thirty minutes is going to be a good goal for that reason.
0: <laughs> yeah. We can only control. speak. Yeah, we can only speak correctly for thirty minutes, and then we start skeet skurfing, and and that's it.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank well, you for I, listening. If you guys have any right, comments. We'll- Throw them down
0: there. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll probably set up like a Facebook page or something like that, so you can throw down some comments, talk about how wow, you guys sound really unprofessional on your first attempt at recording a podcast ever, and we'll probably agree with you. But yeah, uh, it will get it'll this get even after this. So we hope you enjoyed it, and we hope uh, you love Val Kilmer as much as we do after this, and find yourself a Val pal because they're they're the best. All could be double barrel. Wish they all could be double.